Hey there, I'm Lucas Fitz. If you know me, you know two things to be true. I love a good pair of denim, and I'm always here for the stories. When I first got into the heritage goods movement and buying intentionally, I looked to American Field as an industry leader in connecting cool brands to cool consumers. There's nothing better than hearing the story behind how a big idea grew into a business. Now, we're bringing it online and inviting you to join in the conversation, whether you're watching or listening along from wherever you call home. I'll be hosting these fireside chats, intimate, personal looks at the inner workings of some of our favorite brands on our AF network. So, sit down, grab a whiskey or coffee or beer, and ride along as we shine the spotlight on real people and real stories. This is AF Fireside. Today's episode is brought to you by The Dairy Block, a vibrant, walkable micro-district in the heart of lower downtown Denver. Experience the Front Range's most inspiring retailers, food and beverage purveyors, and urban office concept alongside the Maven Hotel. Dairy Block, a distinctly crafted destination found. Hey, welcome back to AF Fireside. We are continuing our series on our favorite makers in our network with a really cool company that's uh, new to me. I'm really excited to learn all about Queer Candle Co. Uh, so welcome to the show. I've got the whole team here. Can you give us a little introduction? Tell, tell us who you are and, and what yeah, you do. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us. We're stoked to be here and get to know more about you as well. Um, yeah, we are Queer Candle Co. You have all of us here because we are just a team of two, <laughs> but awesome. we uh, love what we do. My name is Ab and, and my name is Alyssa. And we started our company about three years ago um, and we have just been running since then pretty much <laughs> yeah so the kind of the backstory the genesis story of qcc is um when i first moved into um the apartment i was living in post-grad i was buying a lot of candles for myself from like target and you know etc and ab thought that i was spending too much money on candles so they then got me a candle making <laughs> kit and um we just it snowballed out of control. And we were making them as a hobby and then it became a very expensive hobby. So it was kind of either scale up or scale down. And sure. we decided to scale up, see if it would help us pay rent. And then a few years later, now we are both full-time candle makers. That's wild. I, I have a, I feel like I have a, I have to get this confession off my chest before we go much further. Uh, I live like five minutes from the Yankee candle flagship which is like it's an experience it, it, it's it's like a theme park yeah. <laughs> it's, like, yeah. it's definitely like a theme park um it's not uh you know and for anybody listening here that's feeling what linking they want to come visit western massachusetts i don't advise going <laughs> I don't think it's right. but um we did go my girlfriend had never been before and she's lived here forever her whole life so we went one time last fall and we picked up like you know they had like big ones that were on sale and the other day right. i and i really don't like that i have a lot of close dear friends that make candles and I love to support them. And I, it's just better. And it doesn't give you a headache, right. but the garbage smelled so bad <laughs> after we came back from a night away that I forgot to take the garbage out. I was like, shit, I have to light this, you know, pumpkin spice glitter <laughs> candle for me. He candle just cause I know it's going to like chemical bomb the house. Right. But <laughs> that's like a, that's a once a year occasion when I have to answer to my own sins, but I'm excited to pick up uh, a, a QCC. We're gonna we're going with QCC. I QCC love that. QCC is an easy yeah. way to remember for your candle. I, yeah, I love it. You Looking can also remember it says the opposite of Yankee Candle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my my confession is people will often ask us what's queer about your candles, and my go-to is 
Well, would you ask Yankee Candle what's Yankee about their candles? <laughs> wow, I, that's like the first genuine laugh I think anyone's gotten out of me on this podcast. Because it is kind of a nothing funny. question. Like, ask yeah. us about our candles. Ask us like the if significance we're queer, of our name. Yeah, the like significance of our, of our name. But what's queer about your candles is like, what do you? What your answer mom. do you want? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sick. Well, why don't you? Uh, can, can you tell us a little bit about the namesake and and how that came to be and where that weaves into the identity of the brand yeah i mean i think from from the get-go we you know it's not our goal to be yankee candle we like being a small company and really forming the company around our identities um for a lot of reasons first of all there's really not very much lgbtq plus representation in the small business community it's actually about one percent of businesses are owned by queer folks um so we think it's important to be kind of shouting that out which Obviously, we do every single day. Yeah. Very visibly queer company. And um, we also love that we are a queer couple running the business. So it kind of like gets that out. It kind of is like everything you really need to know about us. You almost know without asking any questions, sure. um, which we really love. And then we also um, feel like it sort of guides people who, you know, might be in a market like looking for something for a, like a safe space or a company they want to support or like a gift for a friend or somebody who just came out. And it's like, oh, it could not be easier to immediately know this company can fill all of those spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, and I had one more thing that I wanted to say and I forgot it. That's OK. No, it's gone. <laughs> it'll, it'll come to us. I think that's really cool. I there and, and speaking to, I think, a, a broader point. There are a lot of really great differentiators that um, I think it's hard to decide, are you going to own it on the company level or, or are you going, is it going to be a thing that's kind of intrinsic, but isn't shouted out loud. Right. And I think you make a really good point that, um, that people aren't going to know if they don't know, you know, and people are looking to support things that, uh, that they believe in. And, and, and we also have kind of value. come, we've come from the point of view that if people would not buy our products because of our name, we don't want their money. So, sure. you know, yeah. if you're a queer owned company and your business name isn't quite as blatant as ours is, you definitely have a chance that there's going to be some folks that don't necessarily support you, but that are still buying your products. And like all respect to any queer companies, like you should name yourself whatever you want to, but like, we feel like we've kind of circumvented any issues where it's just like, no one's ever going to like come at yeah. us saying like, I bought your product, but now I'm opposed to your, who yeah. you are as people. And it's like, nope, you knew ahead of time. We're all good sure. here. Sure. Totally. Well, and also it's, there's with a product like candles or soaps or jewelry, things like that, that there's kind of an abundance of in the small business community. I think it's really important to find your niche to really develop your brand and, form your own identity and like what sets you apart from other companies. And so I think the name does that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So you said that this kind of came out of, out of a hobby, out of an interest that kind of blossomed out of nowhere. Yeah. How did you get good at it? Both the making aspect and the entrepreneurial aspect, because you speak with uh, like the utmost confidence with what you're doing. <laughs> so, so I'm interested and and very curious about how what that process was like for you over the last couple of years. Blind it, determination. <laughs> sure, I it definitely that's, that's was legit. a was a process. We started. We didn't start selling candles for about probably nine months after we started making them. So a lot of like testing and time, et cetera. And then when we started the business, we definitely did not expect it to be scaling up 
as quickly as it was. We started originally just on Instagram and selling through DMs and our initial stock sold out in 24 hours. And we had thought it would just be like a little side hustle. Like we're just Hmm. doing this to help us pay rent. And it, it took off more quickly than we expected. So a lot of our answer to your question has to just be like learning on the job. Um, I had absolutely no business experience. I was working in television at the time. I worked in TV for about five years before quitting to do this full time. Um, Alyssa had a little bit more experience. It was like dabbled. Dabbled in entrepreneurship. (laughs) Um, But that again was very much like learning on the fly. And I will say one thing that was super helpful along the way is that we pretty early on started selling candles at markets and found that other vendors and other small business owners were always happy to like give ideas, give insights, like share a spreadsheet with us, like get like throw ideas our way and mm-hmm. that we would not have been able to do what we have been able to do and grow in the way we've been able to grow in the last three years if it weren't for this community that we found of you know other small businesses and other like entrepreneur entrepreneur entrepreneurs, entrepreneurial entrepreneurial folks <laughs> yeah. uh, who really were just willing to give advice when we didn't know what we were doing totally I think it, so if you compare your industry to let's say an apparel brand, right? If you're scaling an apparel brand, you're talking about maybe a a greater depth of product or you do a bigger size run or different colorway. But I I would imagine that in your situation, you go from thinking, uh, do, do, you know, do we have enough lighter fluid in our lighter to test our candles to shit? We need a forklift. Exactly. (laughs) Like, like the the quantity changes and like you said, to make it sustainable, you either have to scale up or scale down and scaling up means you need space. Space. So I feel like a great example of this for us is when we started making candles and we started selling them out of our apartment, we, um, we purchased wax in 45 pound boxes at a time. And we used to order five at a time to our fourth floor walk up and then we'd bring them upstairs and it was always Awful. like, terrible. it was just, it was miserable. I, <laughs> yeah, sometimes terrible. I look back and, and I'm like, I can't believe we didn't quit. No wonder we have back problems. Anyway, <laughs> you look back and you also look down at your quads. Yes. Like, oh, yeah. right. Horse legs. <laughs> yeah. Got to get, um, got to do something for the juicy booty, you know, for sure. Yeah. Um, for sure. But now, so now we order them by the pallet, these boxes of wax. So sure. it's 1700 pounds of wax that we get at a time. And um, I'm just really glad we aren't still in a fourth story um, walk up. Yeah. Yeah. And our, so our original location also, like, I feel like this speaks to what you're saying, how we had to scale was just our kitchen in a junior one bedroom. And then we moved into a very small studio space um, that was about 200 square feet. And then we moved from there to 2000 square feet. So you are exactly right that it kind of is like, if you're going to go for it, the only way is to like, right make it bigger (laughs) yeah if you're not in it to win it then get the hell out (laughs) and yeah Yeah. and we have been very lucky that you know we've been able to grow as our business has grown and we didn't like we almost like lagged behind like we outgrew our kitchen and stayed there way longer than we should have Mm -hmm. we outgrew 200 square feet and stayed there way longer than we should have we finally moved to 2000 square feet and we've already filled it up so yeah yeah (laughs) so what was um what was the live work situation like when you were uh your business was taking up more space than you wanted it to it, it was um miserable is the word that comes to <laughs> okay it was yeah. manageable to a point because we weren't both full-time at that 
time. Sure. And it was all yeah. pre-pandemic. This was 2018, 2018, 2018. So, you know, we were each out of the house a decent amount, um, but it took up every room except the bedroom. Well, there were some candle supplies. Our entire living room was candle like packaging, et cetera. And then our kitchen was candle making. And then our shower and bathroom was like fragrance oil pouring. And um, yeah. yeah. So I'd say the only reason we really were able to hack it is that we at that point weren't full time. So both of us would go to our day jobs and not have to like live in that like sure. lack of space. Yeah. Wild. Wild. Yeah. How about uh, growing pains on on the business side? This is new to both of you. How, how'd that go? Yeah, I mean, we kind of started from the ground up there. So there was a lot to be learned, like trial and error wise. Um, I, I, something that I see with a lot of small businesses is undervaluing your work, especially when you're new. So we had to learn a lot about creating a pricing model that would work for us. Um, in terms of our own retail, but then mostly it came to a head when we realized that like wholesale was going to become really important for us. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh shit, we need to make money by, and still be able to cut our costs really significantly. So I would say learning about pricing has been definitely hurdle. (laughs) (laughs) I think also growing pains in terms of packaging and shipping, um, like learning what best boxes to ship packages in, but also learning like how USPS works, how UPS works and like getting a system that actually functions for us and isn't a nightmare. We had a lot of trouble (laughs) for a long time with our like USPS person not being willing to pick up our packages and for no, like we were like, we'll bring them to your truck. Like we'll do all of the above. And it's just like learning what the right things are to say to Hmm. the shipping people. And it's not always being willing to help carry I don't even know how to explain it like it's not being willing to help them it's like not expecting them to do their job and then they'll do it if you don't expect them to and now we finally are in this new location and we've like got an actual mail room and we have a good rapport with the USPS person and we just like help bring out packages and it's all good there so but there were a lot of growing pains and like we just didn't know how you should sort of circumvent the shipping situation if you have yeah. um, just creating systems and creating general. systems in general. Systems are tough. I feel like uh, one thing the pandemic taught me is that a lot of people are out there create a lot of people out there are creating systems that shouldn't be. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, thanks, but when we adopted a puppy uh, over the pandemic, mm-hmm. and the the application that we got was like the ugliest, shittiest word document (laughs) Uh, It like made absolutely no sense at all. I think they expected me to print it out and then like fill it out and then somehow jam it back in the CD drive or something. Thank God. Um, Yeah. And I was like, Oh, this is really, this is really interesting how this, but you gotta, gotta, you gotta learn that on the fly, especially if it's like, there's a make or break point right at Mm -hmm. the end. So let's talk about the product. Um, Tell me, what makes the product different than like, like you said, the market is there, there are other candles out there. What, yes. uh, what's special about a, a QCC C? So we both, we're not really inclined towards like foodie smells, like kind of the pumpkin spice glitter sure. monkey farts, whatever, like that <laughs> yeah. kind of sect of yeah. candle right. sense is not really our deal. So for us, we, we, when we're picking a scent, we're always looking for things that are like fresh and true to name is really important to us. We give our candles like really simple names, like we're burning lemon and rose right now. So you have a pretty good idea of what that's going to smell like just by the name. And maybe rose. Yeah, maybe. 
Yeah. All right. And we also, when we first started and still, we love like growing plants and herbs, et cetera. So when we first started the business, we were like, let's find a way to combine these two things that we love candle making and growing plants. So all of our candles also have toppings. A lot of them are still herbal, which is what our original like five cents we did were um and we still grow our own you know basil rosemary mint etc out out in our courtyard and then we top our candles with that we also top them with like wildflowers um and sometimes the scents sort of determine the toppings and sometimes it goes the other direction like if we find a flower we really love and want to use on a candle we'll kind of design a scent around that Mm -hmm. Um, so definitely our toppings add that extra multi-sensory experience (laughs) to the candle yeah i love that how do you guys balance, you know, now that you are doing this full time, how do you balance still having a personal life? Well, we do work seven days a week. Um, <laughs> We're working on our work life balance for sure. One thing that we are super excited about is we've got a fulfillment person starting with us tomorrow, actually. Dang, congratulations. Um, so that's, that's huge. Yes. It is. Yeah. yeah that's really gonna, cool. Good for you. It'll be our first person and it's yeah, yeah. it's a little bit nerve-wracking tipping but... point to get ourselves to where it's like okay we finally feel like we can uh outsource a little bit of this labor sure. very cool yeah. is there like a clear division of labor or responsibility between you two i do most of the production at least right now of the actual like filling the jars topping the candles mm-hmm. um Alyssa definitely does some of that but I'd say in general, the breakdown Mm -hmm. is I do most production and she does most of the packaging. And right now she's like killing it on our social media and doing most of the marketing and everything like that. So I'll just be like hyper-focusing, pouring out like 500 candles and she's like packaging up a million orders and doing all of the computer work that my brain cannot handle. The the breakdown I like to think of is they make them, I sell them. That's true. (laughs) Very cool. Yeah, she also definitely is the one that... um, puts us out there in terms of markets. We both sell at the markets. We kind of switch off who is vending. Um, but uh, Al is the one who is really good at finding those spots that might be good for us because we're always trying to try out, you know, new places. Yeah, but we're also pretty careful about like the venues that we're um, participating in and stuff like that. Like, um, you know, we have a pretty noticeable name. So Sure. It's we want to make sure that we're always finding events that um, match our vibe in that yeah, way. Yeah, totally. There's a. It seems like, I mean, there's there's always a importance of kind of like like minded, having a like minded vibe, and I think definitely you guys yeah. are right there, right there with it. Do you have any uh, as as a company that is hyper aware of making sure that the vibe is right? Do you have any rules of the road that you would share with other entrepreneurs? If you have time for it, there is never any harm in going to a market before deciding you want to sell there, like going to scope it out. Usually other vendors are totally willing to talk to you. Like I would say, don't be like shady about it and pretend like you're yeah, not. Right. A no, vendor. You, don't, you guys don't do like the um, sit on each other's shoulders in a trench coat. Thing. Oh my God. No, we also, we call it a drive by when we're at the market and somebody okay. like okay. clearly selling candles, like comes by to like, look at our stuff, but like won't make eye contact and just like yeah. walks by. Like, Hi. You know, yeah, so yeah. we would say if you can go to a market, talk, like catch a vendor who's like, mm-hmm. looks nice, friendly, has the time to chat with you. Just like ask how they're feeling. 
Um, so that definitely is helpful to like get the sense of if a market's for you. Um, and then also like for us specifically and for other queer businesses, some cities, um, New York specifically do have like queer centered or queer focused uh, markets. Brooklyn Queerfully has been our absolute best market. Like it cool. up until now has only been like kind of every other month and then like the pandemic kind of shut stuff down. So it's not as consistent, but like if you find a market that really encompasses all that you are and that your business is you will sell three times as much as normal in the absence of that though i also like what i'll do with a market that we've maybe not yet participated with is like check out what vendors they've worked with in the past for other markets um it always stands out to me if i see another brand that you know obviously kind of aligns with us in terms of like energy values etc totally yeah it's uh it's a it's a big world but it's really not that big it's pretty pretty small we yeah. all know each other. Yeah. Yes. Well, and I like that. Like we like having a little community of like other candle vendors that we like and other like queer businesses that we're friends with and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's nice. Cool. Um, would you, do you have a, a, a short list of other queer businesses that you could hype up on here? Yeah. yeah let's do some thinking. Yeah. I really, we really like Bianca designs. Um, Bianca has also been at Brooklyn queer flea a good amount. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe Rocco, Julie, yeah. is, that, is that how it's pronounced? I think. I was afraid you were going to say Joe Rogan. No. <laughs> Sounds a lot it's like Joe Rogan. <laughs> J-O-R-O-C-C-O. Joe, okay. I think it's Rocco. Rocco. Joe Rocco. Yeah, she just Joe Rocco Jewelry. Not Joe Rogan. Not, not Joe Rogan. Not Joe Rogan. I'm just going to be really clear about that. Very specific. Um, <laughs> okay, so her her Instagram handle is Hannah via art. Hannah.via.art. Cool. And has a little um, storefront in Portland called Little Rituals. Very cool. Oh, Little Rituals. Where did I? I think I just saw that the other day. I think that just came across one of my somethings on my phone. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Her stuff is great. We've gotten custom, um, like those hoops, like embroidered, the embroidered hoops. hoops for each other so at cool. one point or another. She does really detailed and awesome stuff. Her vibe is also very botanical, which kind of goes with the stuff that we're doing with our candles. Sure. Cool. Very cool. Well, I appreciate that insight. Appreciate all your insights. Uh, I'm looking forward to meeting in person coming soon. Yeah. yeah. yeah Thank we'll you so you much. In Brooklyn. Where can people keep in touch with you? Um, info at queercandleco.com. Um, we're at queercandleco on Instagram, though, disclaimer, we do not check those DMs. Um, it's in our bio, but <laughs> that's, cool. a, that's a really good work-life balance thing we do, actually. Yeah. When people need customer service, we ask that they email us Yeah. because- spam happens yeah yeah. (laughs) but do keep up with us on it's at queer candle co on insta that's where we post all of our updates for new scents we rotate through scents seasonally so that's there on our website you can also sign up for our newsletter um queercandleco.com is the website and then we're also on tiktok at queer candle co Mm -hmm. dang so just because you said that out loud you're going to come up in my algorithm. I'm not even going to look. You're going to come yeah. up. No, if tonight. your phone is anywhere in the room with you right now. We did. We put up a really, really funny one today. So I'm just going to. Okay. It's, okay. It's, it's pretty good. I would check it out. All right. I'm a big proponent of uh, everyone should download TikTok and it should just Absolutely. be a fun thing. That probably isn't the best thing I could It's say, melting but, our brains, but yeah. yeah. What, business, what, so. what isn't? What is it? Awesome. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for your time. Look forward to meeting in person and getting to smell everything. Absolutely. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. For sure. We'll talk soon. All right. Bye-bye. See ya. I'm Lucas Fitz, and this is AF Fireside. 
To learn more about all the brands featured on the podcast, check out fireside.shopaf.co. And don't forget to subscribe to us on your streaming platform of choice. Thanks for listening. Today's episode is brought to you by The Dairy Block, a vibrant, walkable micro-district in the heart of lower downtown Denver. Experience the Front Range's most inspiring retailers, food and beverage purveyors, and urban office concept alongside the Maven Hotel. Dairy Block, a distinctly crafted destination found 